This episode of Mistaken Identity is brought to you by Real Sleep. The pandemic has had a tremendous impact on sleep, insomnia, and anxiety, as you probably already know. If you are suffering from sleep issues like half the world is right now, our sponsor, Real Sleep, has developed the world's first personalized sleep solution, customized to you. Unlike prescription and over-the-counter sleep aids, their plant-based formula works with your body to get you to sleep faster, help you sleep deeper, and cut down on sleep disturbances. Now, I'm a kind of guy who leans on a routine right before I go to bed, ideally, but if I'm in a new location, if I'm on vacation, if I'm in a hotel, or something along those lines, I find it really difficult to fall asleep quickly and stay asleep. I'm the kind of guy who wakes up many times during the night and tries to catch your bearings, and if that sounds something like you, that's where real sleep comes in. While sleep is solitary, you're not alone here, and Real Sleep is here to help. That's why we're teaming up with Real Sleep to give you 20% off your next purchase. Go to the link in our show notes and use the code POD, P-O-D, all capital, to see why Real Sleep is the last sleep product you'll ever need. Once again, that's all capital letters, P-O-D, to get 20% off your next purchase. Hey, it's Frank with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. If you are a everyday listener, you know that we are the podcast that likes to give away free stuff to our listeners and our members on Patreon. We went crazy on Mother's Day with the Ian Hap autographed baseball. But Father's Day is around the corner and we are excited to give away a very exclusive Gibson baseball barbecue grill package gift set for dads like David or father figures like myself. Simply go down to the show notes in the description and you will find a link to apply to make sure that the dad or the father figure in your life gets a great baseball gift pack. If you are a member on our Patreon site, you can take a look and see how the barbecue grill from Gibson and all the other items that go with it look. This promo ends on June 15th, so go ahead and get started. You've been hearing um, one person's voice uh, before you even saw him uh, on our team. Uh, he's here today. And then there's another person that uh, you all keep asking me about where he is, what I'm going to really feel. Um, and now you can see that he has not uh, disappeared. He's actually alive and well. Um, so you can stop asking me about him. He's here too. Um, and I believe David is joining us. Uh, he's at work. Um, I believe he's joining us as well. So, without further ado, we have uh, first Joe is here. Joe, what's up from Miami? How's it going? Uh, 
It's uh, it's pretty warm down here, so I can't complain. It's uh, pretty warm here too, a little bit. And then, uh, uh, of course, the person that I was talking about earlier is uh, Keeson. Keeson is back. Keeson, what's up? How we doing? It's a beautiful day here in Chicago as well, Joe. Uh, I think we're at 82 degrees, so no complaints. All right, from the from the from the, from the deep south to the Midwest, life is good, right. Yeah, exactly. I, it's that that instant summer effect in Chicago. You just instantly 80, and then you're good. And I think uh, David is jumping in, I believe. Well, I know hey, a guy. How we doing? Uh, I, I I already screwed it up. I said I know a guy who could edit the audio if it goes bad. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I should get a discount on this episode. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm gonna, before I even begin, real quick. So uh, Keystone is usually known for the skyrise backdrop, and uh, today it looks like there's no backdrop. So you want to explain to everybody who's going to be seeing this why there's no. Uh, you're known for the high rise living by Jason Hayward downtown. Why is there no backdrop today? Um, it's it's a little bit cloudy here in Chicago, and then the way the sun kind of beams in or the light beams into my uh, my place. So if I try to shift my screen over, and I'll just give an example, you can see that it it's blurred uh, just due to the light. So I know Frank always wants to see that that skyline, but uh, you know, anytime I do it during the day, it's it's, it's not the best way to go. I, I try to do it on presentations for my students so they can see it, but I either have to uh, shift my screen or actually uh, put the blinds down. Uh, now, before I get to Joe and him and him and me thinking that he was telling me today that he was getting married, let me ask you something real quick, Keisha, um, <laughs> because when I messaged you last minute today about coming on, um, you told me that you were, you know, recovering from the vaccine and not doing well. So I expected to see you and for you to look like I did when I had the vaccine and. I can't tell that you are sick or not feeling good at all. Um, when I had the vaccine, I was sweating. I was I couldn't get out of the bed. Um, you look pretty good for a person that is struggling with the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, it's my arm, my left arm, because they asked me which arm did they want me to shoot it in. And I'm like, just do it my left because I'm right-handed. Um, you know, it's it's been sore for the past two days, um, and I've just been kind of like fatigued. So got it Sunday. Um, I'm feeling better now. I'm hoping that I can actually go to the boxing gym today and try to punch some of this soreness away. But at some point, you know, I got to get up and get out the house and, and try to enjoy this weather and just stay moving. Otherwise, I'm the type, if I get sick and just lay around, um, it'll only get worse. But good decision. It took me a while to actually make the decision to get the vaccine. But, um, you know, it always impacts you when it hits close to home. And it hit really close to home with me and one of my friends. So I was like, I'm going to raise my hand and say, uh, where do I get that vaccine at? Because I don't want any parts of what he's going through right now. All right. So uh, I, like I said earlier today, I got an email from Joe and I, I read it so fast. I thought it said he was getting married and um, uh, I thought there was some breaking news that he was going to announce today, but I got that wrong. Um, but the, the guy who does all the magic, uh, who makes our podcast uh, sound absolutely amazing uh, whose voice you hear on almost every episode is um, also a uh, Wrigley Field supervisor from the past and a field guard, which you'll get into. But uh, and I just found out from Mike and Kay that your your name is Joe Flaw, so uh, we're going to call this podcast the Joe Flaw. But uh, Joe, welcome to the actual being on it, actual and recording, as opposed to behind the scenes. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here, and uh, 
a lot to unpack just in that intro. Um, so for, first of all, my dad is getting remarried, not not me. So no breaking news yet. <laughs> Keeson, I'm glad I'm glad you're here too because we could we could talk about some field stuff. Um, maybe we could dish over some some field stories later. Um, but yeah, I um, the <laughs> the Joe Flaw when Mike and Cade said it. Uh, so that goes all the way back to high school for me. We had an assignment. Um, where we had to create our own license plates for like PE class or something. And I'm like, all right, so what's going to fit on a license plate for me that's just like around my name. So I put J O E F L A H. And then everybody in high school started calling me Joe Flop. And that carried over a little bit into college, but then definitely at Wrigley. So Kincaid would always call me Joe Flop. All of my like social media handles are Joe Flop 13. Cause that's my number going from, from way back. So yeah, I think that's an appropriate title for this podcast. And um, like I was saying earlier, if uh, anything goes wrong audio-wise, I I, uh, I got an inside track on a guy who could fix it. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able to utilize. I don't know if you guys can see my diploma back there from Loyola. I I went uh, to Loyola, graduated in fourteen with a degree in broadcast journalism. So it's been um, both a professional and a hobby passion of mine to, you know, stay involved in, in the editing and the writing and, and, you know, the behind the scenes details that, you know, I actually paid a, a good sum of money to receive that training. So to be, to be able to use that in any capacity, uh, especially with something like this, where the, we're reaching, you know, an audience that's near and dear to my heart that I was literally involved in for almost a decade. And uh, to be able to just have a big crossover of, my love for baseball and sports, my love for the people at Wrigley and my love for broadcast to kind of all just like merge here. It was a no brainer just to kind of, to be along for the ride. And I know we have some, some really big plans for the future and I'm, I'm just happy to be here. And full disclosure, full disclosure, I like being transparent. Uh, Joe helps me out in more ways than just editing because I completely forgot that this episode was recording today. As a matter of fact, um, when he texted me about it, um, I had just got done texting David, who said he was at work. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to call um, Keiston um, because David is at work. And Keiston was like, I just had the vaccine. I'm like, uh, it's just, it, you know, it's Joe Flaherty. I mean, how hard could this be? Like, come on. <laughs> so um, I want to personally thank you for keeping me on my toes because, um, you know, you would have been here by yourself on this. <laughs> yeah, I've been the host and the guest. <laughs> yes. So, Tell us about your journey to becoming a supervisor. Mm. I'm sure. Uh, now, I will say this because I know your journey. I heard it on, on Mike and Kay's podcast. So some of it you can't say here, but because uh, we're still employed by the Cubs. But uh, for as much as you can say, and, you know, um, can you tell us about your journey to becoming a supervisor? Yeah, yeah. I'll... Uh... I'll definitely keep it cub friendly here because uh, I mean, the majority of my experience with the cub, the vast majority of my experience with the Cubs was awesome. Um, so I'll, I'll, I think I'll go a little further back than I did on Mike's. My first interview to become an usher. That's, that's what I originally started at. My, my dad knew the head plumber. I don't know if, do you guys know uh, Dan Kane? He's with Coon Plumbing. He's always around Wrigley. He's like one of the lead plumbers there. And he, you know, he would always hear about like the open casting call or what, whatever for, for the seasonal employees. And I was literally in my senior year of high school and 
my dad was making mention of it, making mention of it. It's coming up to March now. And I was at baseball practice and had a Cubs tank top on like athletic gear. I had my bat bag and everything. He's like, well, let me pick you up and we'll go, we'll go to Wrigley for this interview. I'm like in this, he's like, yeah, they'll love it. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I might want to look a little bit more professional, but he's like, no, 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 it's today only. So I show up and at the time in the room interviewing us, it was a big group. I remember it was me, John, John Barrick, who also got hired with me. And I think maybe either Clarabelle Diaz or Nancy was also in there because I remember us going forward as like the graduating group. Um, and it was Daniel, Alexa, Mike Hill, and Julius and Russell. Um, they were giving us like the interview questions and asking us in a group, well, you know, what would you do in this situation, this situation? And on the way out, um, I, you know, I think I handled myself pretty well, uh, well enough to get the job. And um, on the way out, I was talking to Russell um, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I really apologize. I just literally came from baseball practice and he's like, well, if that shows you anything, it shows you that you're, you know, you're invested in baseball enough to show up not only in baseball gear, but in Cubs gear to a Cubs interview. So like, we'll, we'll take that as a win. I'm like, all right. So I got the call back and I was an usher all through the rest of high school, which was one year. And then three years, at least three years in college, I, then I'd applied for the promotion to move over to the security side. And that's when I started dabbling in the field um, in 2015. And at the end of 2015, they were making that run to uh, the NLCS. I know you guys just had Mike and Kate on, but and, and this episode will run differently. Um, but I was very upfront with Mike about in 2015, I have chronic back issues and I um, was literally lining myself up to see when I could get surgery on my back, which I ended up getting in the off season. But in my head, I was like, man, if I have to have surgery and I miss them winning the world series, I will never, ever, ever forgive myself. So I was toughing it out. And Mike was putting me, um, specifically towards the end of the season in the visiting like clubhouse or dugout tunnel. So I could kind of, I could sit, I could take my time. I had to, you know, keep notes and be diligent with all the people passing through. But like, I, it was like a low traffic area. And then that, you know, when they were in the playoffs, I was like limping around in the bleachers and stuff, just like trying to hang on until, you know, maybe they pull it off and then they, they get swept by the Mets there. Um, and then we went into the, into the off season and I did have my surgery, came back the next year. And I remember that situation in, into 2016, which talk about amazing timing. Um, a few people had left the supervisor department and there was like another open calling. And I remember it was me, Mike, um, I'm blanking, uh, Megan, and I hate that I, I'm forgetting the name, Marco. Uh, we, we all applied and we all ended up getting th that position. So there was like a new group of supervisors there. It was like the young, fresh blood, uh, Mike and Kate and, and Corey, Corey Robinson were very uh, influential in like encouraging me to um, apply for the supervisor position. They're like, oh, you're really good with the whole staff here. Like you're acting kind of as a supervisor in your security position. Just like take that next step. 
and finally went through with it. It was a, a little bit of a longer process for me. Um, but yeah, by, by about the 40, 50 game mark, it was well before the all-star break. Um, I was in the, the baby blue in the supervisor uniform and took it the rest of the way. Um, have some great memories of, of being on the field for the whole playoffs, the world series, all that fun stuff, the, the trolley ride and the parade. And then the next year, um, worked about half the season and then, uh, took my professional career a different way, which, um, I could still speculate on that, you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, my, my tenure with the Cubs, it was very, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity and to see how much I was able to grow and just something that came, you know, off a whim by something my father suggested. Um, and, and like I was saying earlier with, with this podcast experience, being able to merge, you know, my intrigue in sports and, and the broadcast background, it was, it was kind of like that, but you know, 10 years ago, it was like, you know, you can merge your ability to kind of branch out and make somewhat of a living for yourself with your appreciation for an organization you followed for your entire life and to able to be able to see that through for about eight, nine years. Um, and, and to, to build the relationships that still continue to this day. I talk to five, 10 people regularly who, you know, I haven't personally seen in three, four years, which is, which is amazing. Um, yeah, that, that experience on the whole, um, very, very lucky to have had that. I remember being at Gate H when I got the news and I was highly upset with you. As you probably already remember, I was highly upset. <laughs> I was, I can't even stress, I couldn't even do my work. I was supposed to be the, the gate chief at the gate and, uh, you know, uh, you were coming around doing your rounds. I was highly upset. Do you remember that? I was really, really mad at you. <laughs> you, I think the day I told you I was going to be leaving, you were already trying to get me to come back. <laughs> Which uh, and then that that uh, effort has not ceased uh, to this day, um, even though I'm thousands of miles away. Um, but yeah, no, I do remember. It, it was obviously it's really tough um, to make a decision like that, um, and to like there was the situation where they're 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 put me on the field more, and I'm like, this is what I've been working up to pretty much the entire time I've been here. I know everybody. Like everybody's got my back. We just won a world series. And at that time as well, Wrigley was one of four jobs I was working. So I was coming to an inflection point with that where I would want to take, you know, my career going forward. I had applied for a few positions in the front office and they decided to go a different direction. So I'm like, well, maybe it's not so immediate with the front office here. Although that's something I would like to explore maybe in the future. And um, earlier in, in the 2016 season, my, my mother also passed away. So I'm like, well, I have a lot of decisions to make from a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint. And heading into the 2017 season, I had opened my own personal training business. I was associate producer over at Comcast Sportsnet, which is now NBC Sportsnet. Um, I was working at Wrigley. And I was doing play-by-play um, for Loyola, uh, my alma mater, their volleyball teams. I was doing play-by-play for them. And uh, I guess I had five jobs. I was editing for a company that was putting together like a personal training textbook. So I, like, I had a lot of like balls in the air. And there was an opportunity coming up. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Equinox, the chain of gyms 
Um, there's one down in the Gold Coast. They had an open call for, um, you know, personal training interviews. And I'm like, maybe I could merge, you know, gain a grassroots following in person at Equinox um, and kind of then parlay that into taking it offline into my business. Cause I was, you know, struggling a little bit to build a clientele for my personal training business. And the person who was hiring me at Equinox told me, we strongly, strongly recommend basically anyone who comes in and succeeds here only has this as their focus. So we highly recommend you kind of singularly focusing on this and getting rid of as many extraneous quote unquote things as you can. And I'm like, well, what does that look like for me? And how much do I want to dive into the personal training route? And at the time I was all about it. So I'm like, you know, um, I'm going to do this and this only. And, um, Unfortunately, that didn't pan out too well professionally, but I will say at Equinox is where I met my girlfriend, and that's the reason I'm down here in Miami. We moved back. She's from here originally. Uh, yeah, Paige and I have been together for, for almost four years now, and that's going great. So uh, professionally, it wasn't maybe a great move to go to Equinox, but personally, I, I think uh, it was good life experience, and it did teach me about one of those harder lessons about like um, really think about what you're doing in terms of the job path, who has your back, how much upward mobility there is, how many things you want to have going at the exact same time. Um, so that was, you know, basically what played into my decision going into 2017. And um, the Cubs management was very cordial with me. They, you know, they, they took care of me. And um, I will say even uh, not to get too morbid, but when, when my, when my mom passed away, everybody, you know, had my back two times over and they had sent, you know, flower arrangements to her service and everything. So I have nothing but, but great things to say about the Cubs in that regard. And um, yeah, leaving, leaving Wrigley was hard. Um, leaving Chicago this year was hard. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, the decisions, they take you in um, the, the ones you make or you don't make, they take you in directions you don't entirely expect. And, and you know, that's kind of what you, what you deal with. And that's, what got us to where we are today. I mean, to still be um, integral in the process with all you guys and to, to see you, to hear you, to be working on a, a venture like this, just because of what we went through at Clark and Addison has, has, has been something I'm very grateful for. Now, people watching this are you know, thinking to themselves, didn't Frank start out by saying in the beginning that uh, Keystone is here because um, uh, David is at work and clearly they're saying that David has a baby on the screen and he clearly uh, was not at work. And uh, so um, uh, that was not my fault. I didn't, you know, I would not have forced Keith out of his vaccine recovery, uh, but that's what he told me. So <laughs> oh, no, we still got work to do, man. We still want to work with things. I just got to, you know, right now they're doing e-learning and things of that nature. So I'm watching the kids and my daughter has a presentation coming up in a little bit. So um, I'm still going to work, so. <laughs> yeah, so no, nobody, nobody emailed me saying, Frank, you forced Keith in to come out when he got the shot and he was in pain and um, not my fault. But um, I do want to skip over real quick, uh, Joe, to uh, the podcast and what you do for us. So um, what exactly, let our audience know what exactly it is you uh, do for us because uh, you make us sound great, even though we have a lot of mistakes and uh, sometimes um, Cubs work stuff comes out that we got to edit later on. I think it's some in this episode here, <laughs> but tell our audience what you do for us. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, 
I mean, uh, you guys got to give yourself a little bit more credit because um, here you go for for just being uh, you know a couple weeks in. Tr- uh, trust me, before I've done even with my background and everything, I've done podcast before that hasn't gained anywhere near a following like this. Um, it was ten times harder to edit. I mean, you guys stay on your p's and q's a lot, and you're very upfront with the direction that you want me to take with editing. And I love the opportunity that I have to kind of sound off on a few things here and there in terms of the headlines and hot takes segment. I don't know if we'll add that segment uh, to this podcast with my voice already all over it. I, I Maybe people are already growing tired of my voice, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, basically what, um, what I am responsible for is when when the audio comes over we were already, we were already talking uh, a little bit i think uh before uh the show started here about how zoom messes with the audio sometimes so i go in there kind of with a fine tooth comb take out some dead air take out some ums and ands and 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 any missteps that might pop up any work related stuff that we don't want to air that gets taken out as well um any kind of overly pixel, pixelated or if the signal gets lost or we have to restart that that all gets taken out even out the audio levels and and toss in some other pre-recorded um, segments that exist, you know, separately, but have to all be combined in, in a singular audio track, mix those together, have things fade in and out. So it sounds a little bit more professional and um, package it all up, send it your way and you put it out uh, everywhere. Podcasts can hit your ears. So um, yeah, my, my job throughout the week, I mean, we, we typically do Monday, Friday uh, with the, um, more recently, more frequent uh, Wednesday episode, and 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 this week, not to date the podcast again, but we're doing the cultural conversations episode that runs every day of the week this week, which is something new and really informative to me. I also really enjoy being able to be one of the first three or four people to actually hear an episode before it reaches the general public, because um, I'm able to hear so many different perspectives, so many different stories uh, of people like the namesake of the podcast, Mistaken Identity. These are people who most of them I know, but maybe not as as deeply as ends up coming out on the podcast. So that's something I'm really appreciative to be able to give a first pass at that and be like really hyped before it even gets published to Facebook talking about like, oh, you guys got to catch this episode. I'm like, well, I already did. And I could confirm that it's something you definitely want to listen to. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my... Uh, my responsibility in a nutshell is to make you guys sound even more professional than you already do. And, um, again, it's just, it's great to be able to, um, use something that, you know, the, the four years in schooling, I remember we were, we were talking about, um, using audacity when, when you were kind of reaching out to me and talking about, Hey, well, what, what kind of programs would you recommend for editing? Audacity is something I used for, for four years. It's a free program that I use all through college, and they've, they've come out with more plugins and add-ons and tools, which makes it even more efficient. And um, that first discussion about what do I recommend for a software editing program led to a editing position here with Mistaken Identity. So, um, yeah, it's always a great kind of mesh of the past and the present when I could utilize something that I spent quarter of a million dollars uh, cultivating over at, at Loyola. So yeah, it's been a great experience so far. That's interesting. Um, you know, I do some editing, um, but I only use, what is it, like the Apple movies. So even with my students, I have to give like student testimonials or certain videos. So 
Um, I've always been looking for someone who can help me out in the, in the editing field that can clean a lot of things up for me. But I hear it's it's long work. So uh, tell me for an hour long podcast, how much time does it take for you to edit it and clean it up? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It depends. Uh, sometimes Frank will, will give me a note. He'll be like, you know, I think this one's mostly clean. Or uh, some other times he'll be like, well, you're going to want to be on the lookout. So the ones where I'm on the lookout are, they tend to be maybe two to three hours. Um, because what I personally like to do, everyone probably does it a little differently. But what, what I personally like to do is I'll give a listen to the podcast in real time and take some notes about you know, if I do cut this, will it make sense with whatever the next question is? Or if I am putting a segment in here, will the, will the dead air lend itself to being able to splice something in here? Um, so typically, you know, the podcasts here are 45 minutes to an hour and 15. Um, listening to that kind of in real time, taking out some ums and ands and, and dead air uh, takes about, you know, an hour and a half. And then to go back um, and put in the disclaimer, the intro, if we're editing that, or the headlines and hot takes uh, I'll do on the side and pre-record that, um, sometimes uh, very late at night because sports doesn't have a deadline. That, that'll take you know an additional half hour, hour to write a full script, to track it, to get the music under it, and then to put everything together and send it off. Uh, typically, we're looking at about two to three hours per podcast. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, a podcast week where there's only two episodes, I mean, I could be, you know, in and out in four or five hours. Um, or if it's, you know, a week like the cultural conversations, it's a, it's a little bit more work intensive. And also too, uh, I know you've been talking a lot about Cheryl Morley's podcast. Uh, I started working on that as well. We have three episodes, you know, almost ready to go. And that's another, you know, two hours of pop. So, uh, it's quickly becoming, uh, something that approximates, if not a part-time venture, a full-time venture, uh, especially with our potential plans going into the future. So, uh, but it, it's, you know, I, I would always say in college when I was a, a naive kid, I was like, well, if you make your vocation, your or vacation, your vocation, never work a day in your life. It was some Mark Twain quote. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the real world kind of proved that a little, uh, to be a little different, but to get a taste of that here where it's like, we're thoroughly doing something that's a hobby that we enjoy. The subject matter is something we enjoy. It's people I enjoy seeing and talking with. Um, then that, that really does ring true. Like the, the hours will fly by and, and you're done before you even realize it, which is, you know, a great experience for something that you're, you're working for, quote unquote, you know. I didn't know you spent two to three hours editing for our episode like now i gotta spend more time to being careful because I, that's insane to me that, that that it takes that long now i do spend uh i spend two hours a day every day working on the podcast behind the scenes stuff um but uh wow i didn't know so now i gotta be more careful with uh you know uh maybe tell our guests in advance don't say this don't say that but two to three hours that i, I appreciate you for that that i did i had no idea Two to three hours. That that is that is that's. I mean that's that's three hours is a lot of work. That's, that's a Cubs game almost when uh, Hendricks is not pitching. That's a Cubs game. <laughs> I mean honestly, it's pretty standard issue. I mean like even when I was working at at Comcast in the professional professional realms of the TV broadcast, you know the, the the standard idea was pretty much any time any segment you take the time of the segment that you're editing or is being shot or recorded or whatever being put out there and you double it and add 
And that's the amount of time you're going to be spending on that. So if we're working on a show at seven o'clock and we have half an hour to fill, you double it and add 10%. That's you're working on the sound and the video and the editing, not even writing scripts. But so you'll, you'll be working on the broadcast components of that show for a little over an hour, just for a 30 minute time slot. And if you add commercials, it's, you know, it comes down to about 22 minutes. So you take off a little bit of time for that. Hello, everybody. Joe Flaherty here again. This episode's already jam-packed with my voice, so what's a little more? Welcome back to Headlines and Hot Takes. Well, in the words of David Ross, we're pretty damn good. The Cubs hit the San Diego Padres with a big old broom earlier this week as even the team with the best record in baseball couldn't top the first-place Cubs. The division leaders have rolled right into June off a stellar month of May that saw them go 11 games over 500. Wrigley's rocking again as the capacity numbers are slowly floating up, and even though they sport the longest injured list in the major leagues, it seems like anyone and everyone who's healthy enough to don the pinstripes is contributing in a major way. We'll get to the offense in a second, but I wouldn't be telling this story without the dominating display being put on by the bullpen. Period. Full stop. Yes, Adbert Alzali continues to blossom with each and every start, and Kyle Hendricks has put his early season woes in the rear view, but my goodness, has the bullpen been all kinds of good. Not only was the relief core a major question mark coming into the season, but the long-standing narrative around the team was its inability to develop homegrown pitching to the point where they can contribute in the bigs, and I'm happy to report that this mix of fresh faces and established vets have slammed the door on both notions. I already have a developing man crush on 30-year-old rookie phenom Tommy Nance, and he's yet to surrender a run in seven high-leverage innings. Brad Week has been a vital lefty piece since his return to the majors, and Dylan Maples has finally had an extended stretch to showcase his plus stuff after spending years as a highly touted prospect. And we can't forget the scruffy vets either. Chafin, Brothers, Winkler, and Tapera sounds a lot like a law firm, but they are 100% guilty of being filthy. Ryan Tapera just became the first Cub ever to win NL Reliever of the Month honors after he allowed just one run on three hits in 14 May appearances. He struck out 19 while holding batters to a 0.63 batting average. Yikes. The cherry on top, of course, is Craig Kimbrell being Craig Kimbrell. He took the old you Darvish better late than never approach, but he's been flat out untouchable in 2021 and seems to be oozing the confidence that many people thought he had lost. He's notched 13 saves, which already ties his highest total as a Cub. He's setting career marks for hits per nine inning, fielding independent pitching, and for all you nerds out there, his ERA plus is 496. And for all of you non-nerds out there, just know that league average is 100. And Craig is at 496, which is really good. Numbers are fun, aren't they? Now, I'll be the first to admit that the bullpen effectiveness can come and go in a hurry, so I'm not about to anoint the Cubs division champs after a good month of May, but this bullpen is statistically outpacing the performance we saw from the pen in 2016, even the version with Aroldis Chapman. I know. I expect some sort of regression in the future, but if this group can continue to stay well above average, it would make for a very interesting trade deadline. If it can help keep them jockeying for first, it might force Jed Hoyer's hand to go out and acquire talent, even though the team is still in extension limbo with their core players. A lot of credit here needs to be given to David Ross for implementing that next-man-up approach and instilling a lot of trust in some of these younger arms. It was a frustrating set of years when we'd hear a name or two being bounced around as the first legitimate pitcher that the Cubs have produced in the minors, only to see nothing come of it. I'm sure it helps that Ross is a former catcher who could speak the pitcher's language, but it also takes a lot of guts to stick your neck out for some unproven talents the way he has. 
And by virtue of injuries, he's been taking that exact same approach with the offense. He's been putting trust in a number of names many of us have never heard before, and he's been being rewarded in spades. Patrick Wisdom is quickly becoming a cult hero with his power displays. Sergio Alcantara provided a decisive triple to turn the tide in the last game of the Padres series. And these welcome-to-the-show moments haven't looked too big yet for guys like P.J. Higgins or Rafael Ortega. Of course, things may look a little different if Chris Bryant and Javi Baez haven't roared back to life louder than some of these wriggly crowds, but this team has proven to be beholden to momentum in the past, and lucky for us, it's about as positive as it can get right now. Anthony Rizzo offered up some huge hits in his return to the lineup, Wilson Contreras continues to hit for power, and Ian Happ has shaken off his slow start. It appears that even with all the injuries, the Cubs actually have a very key piece to the puzzle that they simply haven't had in recent years, and that's depth. At this rate, the players returning from the injured list will almost feel like trade acquisitions themselves. But to quote Dan Plesak, there's plenty of room aboard this big blue train. The first place Cubs looks to keep it rolling on a West Coast swing, which will find them matching up with the surprising San Francisco Giants before a rematch with the Padres. Something tells me we'll know a lot more about the legitimacy of this team's solid stretch of play once they return to Wrigley next week for a date with the Cardinals. If they can keep it up against quality competition, the Cubs will put the rest of the National League on notice in a hurry. All right, before I get too far ahead of myself with predicting the future, let's wrap with another giveaway. Who wants to get out to Wrigley for a game this summer? Frank, back at it again with another giveaway. You can't run into this guy without him spreading joy, and this is no different. Frank is looking for past and present Cubs staff or paid podcast membership holders who want tickets to Cubs games for their families for games all throughout the summer. Make sure to listen to the podcast to find out how to get them, as there are only 50 opportunities available. Well, that's all for this edition of Headlines and Hot Takes. Let's toss it back to uh, me. Speaking of commercials, something that I was personally really excited to do because I listen to a lot of podcasts in my own right, it was to record our first ad, which that was that was really cool to be like a voice on an ad. Uh, I know a lot of people like to fast forward through those because they're, they just want to be there for the podcast. But um, I think that was a really special experience to be like, a voice on an ad in a podcast that thousands of people are listening to. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty major. You know, like it's going in the right direction for sure. When we have ad revenue and I'm a voice on it, that's even better. So I'm going to change the subject. Um, so you just recently moved to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like it? What have been some of the, the biggest um, transitions you've had from, from being here in Chicago? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest one is you don't have to shovel sunlight. You know, um, it, we arrived in very late January. I think we got here January 31st. Um, it was already 76 degrees. So I'm like, I could do this. Um, it's been a little bit more closed off than normal, obviously, as the rest of the world has been with COVID. So I'm going to delay a full, uh, review on my life in, in Miami until I could kind of experience it like fully, fully. But um, no, Miami's great. I mean, it's a very different cultural vibe than Chicago. Um, There's a lot more um, cultural melting pot, um, as opposed to where I was on the north side of Chicago. It was very family oriented, very quiet. Um, In in Miami, there's, there's always stuff going on. I mean, we live on a very busy causeway out here so you literally hear cars racing unfortunately at all times of night um but it's there's there's always something to do here we have um Paige's cousins own a billiards hall right across the street from us so we're we're over there a lot 
We can go to the beach anytime we want. We have a pool here at our facility, which is awesome to use. Um, and, you know, once, you know, a lot of the restrictions get lifted here, we plan on going to a lot more sporting events. Um, like, like I was saying, I was just at a, my first Marlins game last night, a uh, different experience from Wrigley. Um, but you know, baseball is baseball. Um, we've been to heat games before, which is a great experience. There's a lot of outdoor shopping to do here, which is always fun to do. If you just have nothing to do one night, just, oh, let's go to Lincoln road. Let's go to Bayside. Let's go to Midtown. Um, you know, there's, there's way more stuff to do outside and to just ex- experience and appreciate all the sunlight you get here. The sun's not setting till eight 30. Um, you could stand to have longer days, enjoy it much more, go to the beach, go to the pool, just be a lot more invested in, in the nature around you, which is something you can only do for three months out of the year in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously parts of Chicago that I do really miss. I think a lot of it is the people and the familiarity. Um, and one of the biggest differences, if you guys ever do make it down here to Miami is the traffic is wild. Um, my car insurance rate has gone up sevenfold and I'm a very safe driver, but that just goes to show not a lot of blinkers being used out here. A lot of one-way streets that are really crazy. Um, a lot of highways. Uh, so that's been the biggest like, whoa moment for me being in my car every day and just being like, whoa, what's going on? Um, there's no like major thoroughfares like Ashland or Irving or Addison where you, you can get literally everywhere in Chicago with two streets. Um, here is much different. Like Miami is very spread out. You have to take a series of bridges to get to North beach, to South beach, to Doral, you know, you, it's, it's very spread out. So, um, it's different in its own right, but it's, it's great in its own right. Just, just the same way I could speak about Chicago. Like there's big differences and they, they play up, especially in certain times of year, like in Chicago in the summer, like you can't beat that, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, I'll probably have a, a much more in-depth review, so to speak, uh, when when things are fully open and we kind of explore a little more. I know we're fully vaccinated, but we don't want to take, you know, any big liberties and being in big gatherings indoors too quick, too soon and set some kind of bad precedent. Um, but yeah, no, no, so so far, so good. All right. So next question. And I already know the answer to this. Miami doesn't have better food than Chicago, right? No. No. Um, I will say, so, all right. How do I say this diplomatically? My palate is very, you know, 27 years tuned into the Midwest palate. There's, there's no deep dish down here. Hot dogs and stuff aren't like a big menu item down here. It's very, um, there's a, there's a huge Latin influence on the food. And if you go to the right places for, you know, Argentinian food, Colombian food, uh, you're, 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 you're in heaven. You know, if you find the right places, you're good. Um, but then like a, a lot of the other places you really have to like dig out. It's, it's a little more hit and miss, uh, if you're eating out a lot, I will say Chicago, like nine times out of 10, if you're just ordering from anywhere, you're fine. Um, but in Miami, you really got to pick your spots. Um, there's a few that we we've, we've been going back to pretty consistently, here in Miami, but um, I, I think for me too, it, it's a palate thing. You know, like Paige is really loving the food scene down here, and um, uh, it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's just like I, I'm I'm a much more, I guess, like hearty stick to your ribs kind of meal kind of person. 
Uh, and that's a little bit of a, of a difference down here that uh, I haven't really found anything quite like that just yet. Although I don't think many places down here are selling like deep dish pizza. You know, I think that's an exclusively a Chicago thing. But um, yeah, for my money, um, there are spots here in Miami that I definitely will give a thumbs up to. But overall, the food scene in Chicago is, is probably a level above. So we have 10 minutes left. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to let everybody get their final question in. And I'm going to give mine real quick. Um, so um, uh, David and I sort of uh, changed our minds on what our favorite show has been so far. David, more than me, uh, he did change his mind yesterday uh, about what his favorite show is. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, the first thing we did was with uh, Keaton, but I don't really count that one anymore because, like, Keaton is um, literally everything I want to be. Like, he has more he had better taste in clothes than me he has more money than me he had, and and i'm not saying that in a negative way i'm saying that you need to keep people around my policy is keep people around you that inspire you to be better and uh whatever and every morning uh my routine is you know checking up and seeing what um uh Keeson is doing even though he's been so busy in the last two weeks he hasn't responded to me but that's another story <laughs> but so <laughs> so um so i don't count Keeson as my favorite because that was the first one and uh you know uh Keeson has such an impact on me that um, nobody can compare to that, but I think my favorite show, it was the one that we did with Antoine, uh, because, uh, we have never talked. Antoine, see, was on the podcast that we, we walked by and whatever. We've never really sat down and talked. Um, and I felt like we could have been there for three hours. So you've heard all our podcasts, uh, so far, cause you've been editing most of them. So I'm curious if you had to pick like your favorite three, uh, as a listener, as you're like, as you're like editing, like, oh my God, this is good. Because sometimes you even email me and say, this is a good one. But uh, what, would, what would be your favorite three podcasts that we have recorded uh, so far? And then I'm going to let Keaton ask his question, his final one, and then I'll end with David. All right, let's see. I have two immediately. I'll think about the th There's like a tie for third. But the two that really stand out to me um, immediately, the first one was the Obvious Shirts guy. Joe with obvious shirts. Big shout out to him. Um, still waiting on my shirt, by the way. I haven't even mailed it yet. I've been so busy, but <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> uh, and and my other idea for an obvious shirt that I texted you the other day, um, that Sammy Tosa is a Hall of Famer. Don't at me. Um, but uh, yeah, the obvious shirts episode that was great, especially seeing that like in real time on TV, like with the team. They're the failed starter shirt and the, all that stuff coming through spring training. And now it's all over ESPN and stuff. That was just awesome to see. And it was a really great interview. Um, the second one was one, I think that's going to come out this week in the culture of conversations. If it, unless it already, I think it might've come out today with the Jessica, the professor was just my goodness, her insight, her stories like that. I was sitting there just like my job was dropped the whole time. Just like, what she's been through, her perspective on things, uh, just a really, really, really informative and important uh, conversation to have. Um, you know, especially with my background, um, delving into to mental health. I know that that's affected my family, you know, quite a bit. So like that hit pretty close to home. Um, and then for for third, I I, I love to hear. Um, I, I think the third best. I I don't want to rank them. They're all great, but like my number three would be a tie between. Uh, Nancy, who was out in a park in Japan um, and had a girl playing basketball in the background, which is hilarious. And um, Cheryl, 
when you got her back on to talk about her upcoming podcast and just what she's been, what she's been up to and her experience during the world series and everything. Uh, yeah, but there's, I mean, all of them are good. All of them are worth a listen. And that's, I mean, I'm not an unbiased listener at this point, but I think they're all uh, really worthwhile. I, I know you wanted to focus on a, on a niche, which was the, the community at Wrigley at first, but I, I, I believe the conversations branched out to include much more than just the employee with the Cubs at this point. I think there's something for everybody in these podcasts, which uh, is, is a really great direction to be going in at this point. Yeah, my question is, is um, hopefully we'll be coming out of this whole pandemic thing here, you know, in the near future. Uh, what's the first place you want to go once the, once the world opens back up? What do you have in mind? Uh, oof. I, I mean, for me, because we are going to Chicago late June, early July for my dad's wedding, Frank, not mine. Um, <laughs> um, so Wrigley. Of course. I mean, like, it, it feels weird. The first baseball stadium I was in in over two years was Lone Depot Park. Like, come on. Um, to, to just be back in Wrigley, that's like Mecca for me. Like, I'm, I'm still, I always wear Cub stuff. Even down here, people give me the side eye. Um, but yeah, Wrigley would be amazing. To, I, know, I know people are back now. Um, and hopefully the attendance figure you know, can get pushed back up by the time we're back in town, we're trying to get tickets. Um, but for somewhere out here, it, it's, it's a weird gap. I'm very sports focused, but it's a, it's a weird gap. Like when everything is going to be opening up, opening up, like I'd love to go back to a heat game. Triple A arena is amazing. Uh, Jimmy Butler's my guy. I keep trying to get him back to Chicago. That's not going to work. Um, but to, yeah, you know, to go out to a heat game, just, just to go to more sporting events in general. Uh, and like the sports scene down here is more college focused outside of the heat, but that would be really cool too, to go catch, you know, um, Miami basketball or football game. Um, that's probably where my focus is, um, you know, coming out of COVID, um, you know, fingers crossed whenever that may be. Yeah. So for me, um, you pretty much hit it on the head. Jessica is one of my favorites. He's in, is he's a staple. So, I mean, that's not even a question. You know, he he epitomizes what young African-American men should try to be. And I really appreciate him. So, I'm sorry about the background of these guys. But, you know, he's he's an amazing person. And he works hard. And he, and he does his craft so well. So, I mean, that goes without saying. He's family. So, Mike is one of my favorites. And uh, Antoine was great. Obviously, because you know we have a great time when we talk, we talk about Keystone, Mike. That's the one that really sticks out to me. Was the one we did yesterday because you know I get so emotional about it because I think people need to help people. I really think when you make a mistake, you shouldn't be judged for that. You should be judged by the way you come back. You should be judged by the way you 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 try to reach out to somebody. You know. And even Frank, you know, he he reached out to him. Like, it, it's so, I just can't put it into words, man. I'm, I'm stumbling on, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm stumbling on my words. I'm just so emotional right now. But I think that really touched me yesterday because, you know, everybody makes mistakes and everybody needs a second chance. And, you know, as long as that person is doing right, I think you should, like, really, really try to, you know, help him out. And, you know, he's doing well and he's doing his own business. 
and whatever he's got going on. So I, it, for me, it, it just touched my heart, man. It's just, I'm so happy that, you know, they connected back together and I just can't find the words, man. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just so emotional right now. I'm just, I, I really, I really appreciate when things like that happen because, you know, you just never know, man. You never know what somebody's going through. You never know. People need to stop judging people, you know, and just understand and just like learn from mistakes and learn from everything that we do in life, man. You know, it's not about, you know, criticizing everybody and condemning everyone, you know. And I think that when, when Frank did that episode with his uh, mentor, you know, all the things that he went through, you know, I think that that speaks volumes. And, and it was so great to see. And Joe, when you go over that episode, man, it's just, I mean, it touches my heart, man. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy that he does things like this. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of episodes and like just the general vibe of this podcast. It's so positive. It's so, so much positive reinforcement, so much like, Hey, you, you fell down. Maybe this one time you're going to get back up. And <laughs> Honestly, what what I've grown to know is that that resiliency piece, I know a lot of people toss it around like cliche, that gets hard to do a lot when, especially when you're an adult or even sometimes as a teenager or a kid, you know, like uh, people throw out that quote all the time, you know, you fall down nine times, get up 10, like just to be able to put that into practice there's something to say for that and to have people around like frank like Keith, and like david just continually reminding people of that um it doesn't matter if you have me on the show or mike and kate on the show or a professional baseball player on the show like you could still share that message because it's going to resonate with something that's happened in their life and i think that's a very important thing to be having in your ears um at least once a week multiple times a week, like on this show, but to have that be a constant cornerstone to the conversations you have here is a huge service to the public, whether people realize it or not. Just to add some context, where Keaton go, Keaton is in the same department, but just to add some context, because the episode hasn't come out yet, but, uh, so there was a, uh, a young man, his name is Kendall, um, who 15 or 20 years ago, uh, was at my church, and uh, he was in my youth program at my church, and we were like, Close. We were like two peas at a pod. He was talking about how I, I had bought him some uh, Air Force Ones and whatever, like you know, that I'm still doing to this day. But he was talking about how I bought, you know, all the boys in church some shoes and whatever. Um, but he has uh, straight away, and he had uh, went to jail, and I had not seen him uh, in about 15 years. So just recently, like three or four weeks ago, uh, I ran to his sister, who then told him that, uh, hey, I just talked to Frank. And uh, he was like, oh my God, I got to talk to Frank. And um, so we saw each other and talked for the first time on the podcast. I hadn't wow. seen him and he hadn't seen me for 15 years. So I got to see how big he is now and the tattoos and his face. So we decided to have their reunion on the podcast. So that's the episode we did last night. That's awesome. I mean, to, to have a platform where that could even happen, you know, and then for other people to see that and maybe be reminded that in their life that, hey, maybe there is a, a relationship I had kind of like that. Maybe I should reach out to someone. Like it's it's the subliminal stuff that's going to sit with you after you turn the podcast off and be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe they reconnected. Maybe there's someone I could reconnect with. Or like they gave a really positive message to somebody that is helping them in the here and now. Maybe I could do that. Or maybe I could start a conversation where someone throws that back my same way. You know, like it, it just... 
to have the, that constant, I don't want to keep saying positivity, but it is, you know, it's like, that's just a subtle reminder that all the time that like, even in this COVID world, even all the stuff we've seen for the past year, four years, what, however you want to frame it, um, that like, that's what's going to win the day and have much more impact, long-term impact on things that are influential to you as a person than all of this other hysteria or negativity or, or things that maybe even be out of your control, like a worldwide pandemic, you know, like there's still stuff in a positive manner that you can control and you could be that person that's, you know, lending that hand um, like, like you guys are every week. Go ahead, Keith. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. You know, um, so many different podcasts out here. A lot of them are just gossip, negativity and things like that. You know, I've been amazed to hear a lot of different people's stories on this podcast. And it's just like, wow, I did not know that. Right. Because, you know, we come across each other every day. And again, you know, to, to disclose a lot of, you know, ourselves to, to people and listeners uh, all across what the United States or even possibly world in this podcast to share our stories. It's, it's, it's amazing. And one thing I've learned in just working in my industry um, you'd be surprised how people look at you and how much they look up to you, even though uh, they may not see it, see, see it or say it every day. I mean, I work with students all the time that tell me I believe in them more than the people that they grew up with or their families and things like that. So, you know, as long as you can, we can continue to, to give those positive messages. I mean, I, I definitely love the podcast. I love what we're doing. I can't wait to hear um, uh, that one podcast you did yesterday. I think that's one that, is going to be on my radar as soon as it uh it posts. So I'm looking forward to it. Good job, Frank. You know, right. so, too, man, you connect people, you touch lives, you know, give yourself credit. You give me a lot of credit, but I give you credit in return because you yeah. in, in the exact same ways. Um, and I see you the exact same way you, you see me. So there's a lot of me that you, you know, wish you could have. And there's a lot of you that I don't have and I learn from. So that's what it's all about. Just continuing to grow and connect and, you know, be positive and, you know, and shine because we don't, we don't know how much longer we have on this earth. But one thing we know is, is, you know, we're going to continue to give our all until our day comes. Right. Now, I expect David to do this because everybody knows I hate hearing thank you. I hate it so much. But I don't expect <laughs> Keaton to turn on me and make me blush on, on my own show. Like, come on, with I expect David to do that all the time, but I hate hearing thank you. But uh, we got to go. So real quick, uh, both of you, Joe and Keaton, you all are on the team and you got to have some team swag. So I'm going to let you pick what you want me to send out to you. So your first option, and by the way, this is a plug for our, our membership uh, on patreon.com. So Joe, do you want first the... Um, Luggage tags, you want that first? Uh, or do you want the um, dog chain? What are they called? Are they called dog tags or dog tags? What are they called? Dog, dog tags? Dog tags. Or do you want the lapel pin? So, Joe, what do you want? Uh, so, Paige has a jacket where she collects pins. So, I think that lapel pin will be very high key if I can get that pin. Okay. All right. So well, I mean, I want, I want all of them, but... <laughs> Let's see what we can do. And then, so Keaston has a membership already. So Keaston is already getting uh, this already. So Keaston, your only choices are uh, this, the dog. Oh, you're already telling me. All right. <laughs> okay. I love the dog. I love those. And I, I represents me well, mistaken identity. I think a lot of people uh, get my identity mistaken all the time. So I think I'd wear that one very proudly. All right. So, uh, and if you all want to listen to this, get a membership and then you can uh, watch these episodes and then get some free swag. Uh, other than that, um, everybody, thank you all very much. And uh, make sure you join us for the next episode of the Mistaken Identity 
podcast with all of us. Hey, everybody. Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.